Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Episode 59 for the love of the game, powered by Overtime Media, brought to you by Overlay DFS. Uh, Are you sick and tired of losing on FanDuel and DraftKings to Sharks that have over 100 lineups in each contest? Well, Overlay has the new revolutionary start-sit game for fantasy sports, weekly fantasy. Basically, here's how it works. You decide who's going to score more points between two players in a respective matchup. You pick 12 matchups based on your confidence in each matchup. Um, A lot of really exciting matchups for week four of the NFL season. Again, as I mentioned it before, if you finish in the top 10% of the field, you win nine times your buy-in. If you go to a perfect 12-0 and and the progressive bonus of over $25,000, that's a major... uh, I'm going to do that again. If you go a perfect 12-0, you can win the progressive bonus of over $25,000. Week three money winners went 8-4 and and won nine times their buy-in. They have buy-ins for every level, for those who are serious players and for those who are just looking to be a little bit more casual about it. Games for every level. If no one hits the perfect 12-0 record in the progressive bonus, it keeps growing and rolling over. It's like the Vegas Super Contest only for DFS. So don't get shut out today. Go to OverlayDFS.com. That is O-V-E-R-L-A-Y-D-F-S.com today. And uh, get in the game. And with that, episode 59, let's cook. Yo, I'm living in this time behind enemy lines, so I got mine, I hope ya. You from the hood, I hope ya. You want beef, hope ya. And when I see you, I'ma take what I want, so you try to front, hope ya. You ain't real, hope ya. My first album had no famous guest appearances, the outcome. I'm crowned the best lyricist. Many years on this professional level. What would you question who's better? The world is still mine. Tattoos real with Godson across the belly. The balls are rap. You saw me in belly with thoughts like that. To take it back to Africa, I did it with Biggie. Me and Tupac were soldiers of the same struggle. You lanced the huddle, your team shook. Y'all feel the wrath of a killer. Cause this is my football field. Throwing passes from a barrel. Shoulder pads of paddle. But the QB don't stand. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. Episode 59 for the love of the game. Yeah, I know. I got the number wrong last episode, but to be clear, this is episode 59. Can't believe it's already been 59 episodes. Uh, Onwards and upwards. New York has Daniel Jones fever. All hail Danny Dimes. What a performance Sunday. He led the Giants to an 18-point comeback on the road without Saquon Barkley, who got hurt in the middle of the game. A high ankle sprain seems to be and will probably be out somewhere between four to eight weeks. Jones was absolutely sensational, but let's hold that thought for a moment. In baseball news, the Yankees have clinched the AL East. They have an outside shot at the best record in the league, but the Astros have been way too hot lately for them to probably catch them. At the moment, they have 102 wins. An absolutely unreal season, given all that they've been through injury-wise. I feel really good about their chances in October, especially since Luis Severino has come back and looked absolutely fantastic. With Paxton finishing the year strong, Severino back, and Tanaka, who has a history of being super, super steady in the playoffs, uh, I really like their chances. Yeah, Domingo Herman won't be with the team due to his legal issues, which is uh, a bit of a problem, but I definitely think this team 
has a chance to be special and is special. So let's get number 28, boys. Uh, Yankees, I, I really think they can take it home this year. Uh, feel good about them going into the playoffs. As for the Mets... Well, they've officially been eliminated, which is kind of sad. To think that they have the NL Rookie of the Year, who happens to be the home run champ, a Cy Young candidate, a guy who was in the batting race pretty much all year, made a trade for an all-star starter at the deadline and didn't make the playoffs. Well, that's just so incredibly disappointing. The bullpen blew so many games early, and it wasn't addressed at the deadline, which was just absolute organizational negligence. Uh, it's just it's just sad that the that the Mets couldn't improve the bullpen at all, and uh, had they improved the bullpen, I really think they would have been in the playoffs. It was just too many blown games early, and but you know what? They have a lot to build on for next year, and hopefully, the GM makes all the right moves in the off season. Even though uh, a lot of Met fans have the right to be exceedingly, exceedingly dubious that that's going to be the case given uh, their relationship with uh, Brody and their relationship with the ownership. But who knows? Uh, there is stuff to be excited about for, for next year, Met fans. So at least cling on to that as, uh, as you're you know, waiting for pitchers and catchers to start next year. In NBA news, uh, not so much NBA news, but Bleacher Report released their list of the 50 greatest NBA players of all time. Of course, there were a few guys listed completely out of order. I mean, Shaquille O'Neal, as great as he was, he was not the sixth best player of all time. Uh, he's realistically in the 9-10 range. David Robinson should never be listed ahead of Akeem Olajuwon in any list. I mean, that's just a farce. Jerry West at, like, 19 is way too low. Kobe Bryant at 14 was ridiculous. Uh, I actually like that they had Steph Curry really, really high. I think they had him 10. Uh, that's really not that far off if you think about it. I like the fact that they had Charles Barkley ahead of Karl Malone, which is very valid, and Kevin Garnett and Dirk Nowitzki were in the top 20 ahead of both Barkley and Malone, which is, again, very valid. The NBA season's coming quick. I can't wait and expect way more content, uh, NBA content from me coming soon. On to the NFL. Uh, week four picks against the spread. ATH's pick five. Last week I was two and three again, making me eight and seven on the year. And uh, what the hell was that, New England? I mean, how did you not cover that spread against the Jets? Just so upsetting. A fumble return for a touchdown. A pick six by the backup QB. I mean, that was. That was a real kick in the pants. But anyway, no crying over spilled milk. Here are my week four picks. Number one, I've got the Miami Dolphins plus 15 and a half at home against the Chargers. I don't know what to make of this Chargers team. It's a maddening team. I actually don't think Miami looked so bad last week against the Cowboys. Uh, that game was a little bit closer than the score indicated. Uh, I like the Dolphins who are back at home, uh, home dogs getting the 15.5 points. I just don't trust the Chargers at all. At two, Houston minus four against Carolina. I'm betting on Deshaun Watson. I'm betting on their talent. I don't buy this Kyle Murray thing. He was great last week, but that was against Arizona. I just don't get it. Um, I, I like Houston uh, to win that division. And, um yeah, Houston minus four, I, I think it's a great play. Uh, at three, I've got the Jaguars minus three against the Denver Broncos. Oh, no, I'm sorry, the Jaguars plus three against the Denver Broncos. Um, Denver's at home, 
have been really good at home over the years, but this Denver Broncos team is horrible. And my main man, Minshew, is coming up huge. The guy's absolutely electric. I'm back in Minshew all day. Jags plus three. Give it to me. Uh, Number four, I've got the Chiefs minus six and a half against the Lions. I just don't buy this Lions thing. I know they're 2-0-1. I know they've they've beaten the Eagles, but the Eagles are banged up. You know, they've beaten the Chargers. I I don't know what to make of the Chargers. This Chiefs team is a different animal. Patrick Mahomes is absolutely sensational. I like the Chiefs minus 6.5, even if they're on the road. And at 5, I've got the... My New York Giants, minus three against the Redskins. Not because necessarily I think the Giants are so great, but Washington's really, really bad, and we got to believe in Danny Dimes. And uh, with that, just a little bit on Daniel Jones again, as I mentioned before. I mean, a super impressive day. 18-point comeback, 336 yards, two passing TDs, two rushing TDs. Uh, throws on the run, the accuracy. I mean, you can just see the offense was way, way, way more dynamic with him in the game just because he's able to move. I mean, the offensive line is still rounding into form, so it's not like he's getting great protection. So his mobility is super, super important. Now, again, it's one game against a crappy Tampa Bay team, and they should have lost because the guy missed the field goal at the end. But you have to feel good as a Giants fan right now. Now, this season won't be a good one. So let's not get ahead of ourselves. But the only thing important for this season is Daniel Jones's play. If he can continue to play well, and you know Sunday was astonishingly good. You shouldn't expect that every week. But if he plays well and Saquon Barkley's long-term health, then you have something. Then you have a foundation. They can lose out every single game the rest of the year, and it would not matter. If he plays well and Barkley's healthy for the long term, that's all that matters. And even though I I say that, I do believe they're going to win on Sundays I just mentioned before. And now to something a little bit different. And quite uh, honestly, I dropped the ball here last year on this show. Um, I uh, didn't talk a lot of hockey last year, specifically with the Rangers, but I hope to be better than that this year. And I can't think of a more qualified guest than my guest I have coming on tonight in just a little bit to preview a little Rangers hockey because NHL season and Rangers season is just around the corner. So we're going to get into that in just a couple of moments. Okay, so I alluded to a little bit earlier, uh, I had been slacking in my uh, Rangers coverage, but with Rangers season around the corner, I needed to bring on a, uh, a recurring guest who hasn't been on a, in a while. Getting back into Rangers season, they had a great offseason in my opinion, so no one more qualified to talk a little Rangers hockey than uh, recurring guest Mr. Mark Michelle. Mark, what's going on, man? Hey, Aaron, how's it going, man? All is good. All is good. It's been a bit since I've had you on, but we're uh, Ranger season is is a couple of weeks away, so it, no time like the present. So, as I mentioned, and as you well know, the Rangers had a n- huge off season. So, on a level of one to ten, how excited you are for for this Ranger season? Um, I'm around, I'd say seven and a half, uh, eight. Um, I mean, they've done amazing. Uh, job assembling this roster that we've that we've got going into the season. I think it, there's a lot to be excited about. Uh, Capo Caco, uh, Adam Fox, Truba, the, the Truba trade, and then signing Naren signing. Um, I mean, yeah, I think it's it's right now seven and a half, eight. Uh, I think obviously a lot is yet unpro- like a lot is unproven. 
Uh, you know, we don't really know, like, how these guys are going to perform on the ice. And, I mean, we'll see. Like, I think uh, it's a good – if you would have asked me if I wanted them to be – like, if I could have hoped for a better spot 18 months ago to be in, I would have told you, like, there's no way, like, the Rangers would have Panarin and all these guys. And the future looks bright. I mean, I don't think they're contending for playoffs uh, right now. Um, I think if uh, if everything went really well, I think maybe they could contend for a playoff spot. I think really you just need to watch and wait for guys to develop and uh, see from there. And, yeah, I mean, it's exciting. I think it's a great time to be a Ranger fan. Um, I think there's a lot of promising stuff going on. And I think it's just going to be a, a fun season. I'm, I've no – I'm going in, like, level-headed, no, like, huge expectations. I think every – you know, like informed Ranger fan knows that uh, that there's a lot to be uh, excited about, and you know, let's just see how it goes. And that's pretty much, I think, where the fan base is at. I mean, I think that's where I'm at. I mean, that's what I've been hearing and reading around. Uh, so we'll see. I think it's it's a good it's a good time. And you didn't mention the fact that uh, longtime Ranger defenseman Dan Girardi retired. That was uh. Oh, yeah. Um, that's actually a funny thing because, uh, I mean, he was a legendary Ranger. Uh, I mean, I don't know if many people know this. He was an undrafted free agent who, I mean, was so stout on the back end for the Rangers. He was the one who made the all-star team one year. I mean, he was just someone you could count on. He was a grinder. He ate, like, the hard minutes. Um, and, I mean, yeah, like, uh, sad to see him hang him up. He's a great player. Appreciate everything he did for the Rangers. And, uh, I mean, yeah, he's a great guy. Fans loved him. Uh, I met him at Casino Night. He was really totally, totally uh, sweetheart. And, uh, yeah, I mean, happy for the dude and uh, happy to see him out of the league so, as well. Yeah, it, it got a little it got a little grisly at the end the last couple of seasons and uh, with his cap number being the way it was and his performance, but that's to be expected. Uh, so he mentioned the uh, Panarin signing. So he spurns the Islanders to sign with the Rangers. So uh, how important it was for you, for the sake of the Rangers brand, that even though they had a down year, because for the Rangers for a decade plus, they were in the playoffs every year. They had a, uh, they had a little bit of a downturn. You know, last year wasn't great. Uh, but how important for the Rangers brand was it that um, that P- they were able to land Panarin, uh, especially away from the Islanders, who seem to be a ascending team in New York? Um, I think it was pretty important. I mean, uh, the, in in regards to like the Rangers brand, I mean, look, the Rangers are the premier New York hockey team. They are the big name. Like I know, like. The Yankees and I, in in New York sports, I think there's no like bigger draw than I'd say the Yankees, obviously. Then I'd say probably the New York Giants, and then I mean the Knicks in the past were. I mean, Aaron, I'm not gonna you know pour salt on wounds, but uh, in the past they were, but they aren't really anymore. And I think the Rangers are that that third team that, especially when it comes to hockey. I mean, the Islanders haven't been. You know, hadn't, haven't had their dynasty since the 80s. Playoff appearances have been few and far between. I mean, obviously, I think it's important for the Rangers to get a guy like Panarin and kind of also speed up the rebuild a bit. Um, it would have been a huge get for the Islanders. I think they would have been uh, a long time coming for them, firing Garth Snow and, and doing 
the things that they've done, even with the departure of Tavares. I mean, I think they've done a fantastic job. Um, but, I mean, look, I don't think the Rangers would struggle to find top-end free agents going forward if Panarin didn't come to them. But, I mean, it's definitely a big get for them. And he also took a little bit less money, I think, from a, a year a yearly uh, salary perspective, he would have gotten more. And I think total just on the contract, I think he's going to get more from the Islanders. Uh, he came down a tiny bit for the Rangers, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a big signing. I think he's probably the best player the Rangers have had since Yarmir Yager. I mean, I don't remember. I think, like, Nash was good. Gabrick was pretty good. And uh, I mean, Nash I mean, had that one... Like, oh, sorry. Nash had that one monster year. I mean, at least the first half I mean, of the year where he was crazy good. I mean, he made the color so, cover of Sports Illustrated. Yeah, I mean, he had the he had the lockout shortened season. He was really good. One other year, he was really good. I mean, look, like he he was never like a Yager. Like since Yager was an, I mean, Yager's first season on the Rangers, he put up 125 points. He broke or tied Graves' uh, single season goals mark for 52. I think it was. Uh, and I think he actually finished with 54, and Chichu finished with 56, and he lost out by two points to Joe Thornton on the, the on the uh, MVP. But look, the Rangers, I mean, from a perspective of speeding up the rebuild, they had to get Panarin. Um, I mean, also when you can sign that type of player and not give up anything, that's a huge, huge deal for, for your team. Um, and yeah, I mean, look at the Leafs. Like, they were able to get Tavares, and they didn't have to give up anything. And I mean... They're a much better team, like since they signed him and going forward. Um, I think there's just a lot to be uh, pumped about, and I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I just think the Rangers are in a good spot. So, besides for the Panarin signing, you know, what else they did with their cap space this off season? You like it? What else do you like about it? Uh, what do you not like? If there's anything not to like, what do you make of their cap sheet going forward? Cap sheet going forward, I think, looks fine. Everyone's, like, upset about the buyout of um, of Shattenkirk and now the, the dead space we're carrying next year. But honestly, like, the window is not right now for the Rangers. And we still really need to see these young guys come into their own and get some experience. Like, I, Ranger fans who are, like, so pumped and, like, think out of the gate, like, this is going to be a whole new thing and we're ready to contend, like, are, you know, living in... in in wonderland because it's just not reality like uh, they they are in a spot where they have hank's expiring contract i think end of next year or maybe even this year i'm not even sure now on man and then you have stall coming off the books i mean in the, they only have Panarin, the banajed shay and maybe one other guy i'm forgetting uh signed like long term and not on entry-level contracts so you have a ton of cap, you have a ton of money coming off the books very soon. Um, I don't think they're contending right now, so cap sheets look great going forward. The question really is, is Hank going to retire a Ranger, or is he going to end up taking another deal after this one expires elsewhere, or is he just going to take you know a veteran salary and, and probably try to end up playing backup for the Rangers to finish out his career? I think you can... He really wants to stay in New York, um, but we shall see. I mean, I think the, it's a lot depends on how the young guys are and if he thinks there's still an opportunity to win. Otherwise, I think he'd probably likely retire. 
honestly. So how much do you think realistically that he has left in the tank? Um, I think max, I would say three years, four if you're lucky, max. And that's like really like if you if he's amazing. But I, I mean, I can't. I I think maybe you get two more good years out of him. A third would be amazing. And I don't think he can be a full-time starter, really. I think you have to, like, try and give your backup, especially these young guys, and just Jorkin and uh, Georgiev. I think, you know, you got to give them as much playing time as possible, see what you have in both of them. I think definitely, um, look, I think Hank can definitely be relied on. I mean, I think it's, it's really going to depend on how he starts off this season to see where he's at. I mean, last season was a pretty, I mean, as far as Henrik goes, I mean, that's the worst season he's ever had. Um, so I, I think it's really the, the jury, the jury's still out on that, and we'll see. I mean, uh, yeah, I hope he stays, hope he retires a Ranger, but I mean, we should be really, fingers crossed, and uh, let's just hope they get to the mountaintop before he hangs them up. That's all I can say, pretty much. So in terms of this team reaching its full potential, whether it's this year or the next two years, who's the most important player for them to get to this, you know, get to the upper echelon of the uh, Eastern Conference? Um, I think it's probably Panarin has to live up to his contract and then Capo Caco and these young guys who, I mean, have been uh, everything I've read and everything I've watched and, like, these guys should be, like, the real deal. Um, some should be, like, real actual studs, like uh, Kako, Kratzoff could be a star. Buchnevich really has to take a big step this year. I think he has a tremendous amount of upside. So yeah, I like him a lot. I, I think, uh, a couple, like, a year, a year or two ago, he was being compared to Kucherov. I mean, he's obviously a long way from that, but just in terms of, like, their first couple of seasons, um, the type of point production Buchnevich has put up when he's healthy uh, is, is, from a point-per-game perspective, um, is, was similar to Kucherov. So, I mean, I think there's a lot to like. Um, I don't know. I don't think you could ha- – I think that they, they've done such a good job. I don't think you need to hang your hat and say on a single guy and say we need to get one of these guys to be, like, hit a home run. Like, if one of that – that you, you put enough, like – Balls in play to see like what happens at this point. So I, I guess on the flip side, I would ask, um, who's like the biggest enigma on this team right now? Where it can like it can go what one of two ways, where it can be like all of a sudden this guy pops, or all of a sudden you know the fans turn on this guy and it's it's time to get his ass out of there. Um, I don't know. I don't know that there really is anyone. I mean, I know. Um, I mean, I think everyone is like, you know, on a clean slate. I think they have a lot of, uh, they have a lot of rope to work with. And I don't think, uh, there's anyone that at, at the moment, like stands out. I mean, I think there are guys that are lower end on the roster that like, you want to, like, you don't really think should be there, but, um, I think that, I think we're good. I mean, I think they're, they're in good shape. I think like, uh. They'll be fine. I mean, I don't think there's anyone that, like, I'm worried about. I think it's 
the most hopeful I've been about a Rangers team, I think, ever. Uh, and especially just, you know, beyond like the, a three, five-year window. I think they've set themselves up for sustained success just on how Gordon has gone and built the prospect pool, the farm system. And uh, I think, yeah, they're, they're in a really good spot. I like what they've done. Gotcha. But I, okay, so obviously you're taking the long view approach here, but you can't tell me that you're more excited for this season, even though it's like a young team, than you were for like the year that they made the cup finals. I mean, because that team was like an established team, and I mean, they made the cup finals. I mean, it's different. I think like that was a different pool of, of guys that came up that you watched come up. Um, it's a totally different team. I mean, I think. You know, I think Luke's gone, McDonough's gone, Miller's gone. I mean, Kreider and Hank are the last, Kreider, Hank, and Saw are the last, like, holdovers from those teams. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I think I think it's different expectations when you have a different set of expectations. Like, of course you want them to win, but I think, you know, I'm older. I think I'm a bit wiser, more, like, even keel than I used to be at times. So, you know, uh can be... uh hot-headed and like get uh get excited about this team because they can frustrate you like crazy but uh i mean if you want to really talk about teams that frustrate you uh how about the new york mets i mean uh is there any more disappointing story than this year's new york mets i mean it's a joke well I, we're gonna get into that in a second i'll let you have your piece so before we i just want to put a bow on the uh the rangers talk a little bit so realistically you think they may be fighting for one of the last two playoff spots um, and th- and that's that's where they they end up. They can either be seven or eight, or they can they can fall out. Um, I mean, they could. I don't see it happening. I mean, it would be amazing if they did. I think the Islanders are too established. The Jackets. I think the division's still pretty stacked. You have the Hurricanes who are coming off the conference final experience, and uh, I think we'll see. All right, so before we uh, before we let you go, um, I wanted to give you about a five-minute rant on the New York Mets. Uh, anybody who follows Mark on Twitter knows that uh, he has been very vocal on Twitter about his uh, displeasure for the New York Mets, all things New York Mets, including the manager, the uh, obviously the ownership, the, uh, the bullpen. So, Mark, the floor is yours. Uh, now that they've officially been eliminated, uh, your thoughts on the New York Mets? Um, my thoughts are, I mean, what, there's really nothing to say. I mean, they've really just shat the bed. Um, and yeah, I mean, they've shat the bed. Their, their, uh, manager's an idiot. Their front office is a joke. They're un, until the ownership group is different. I mean, it's just going to be the same old goddamn story. I mean, my Twitter feed has said it all. You want to go look at it. It's a roller coaster of emotion. Like, oh, my gosh, this team could go to the World Series. Oh, my gosh, this team is the worst team in baseball. Oh, my gosh, they're the best team in baseball. I mean, it's a, it's a goddamn joke. So I was on record of saying that when they trade for Stroman and they made their run, I thought that they were legitimately going to find a way to sneak in and that they were going to make some noise. I was, like, very convinced of this, uh, being a Yankee fan. I was I was all in on this Mets thing. Um and but just the, just describe to me what it was like watching this bullpen all year long because the bullpen absolutely murdered them. Yeah, I mean their bullpen is a joke, and everything was. Uh, I mean, even if they win a third of those games, you're talking about being in the playoffs easily. 
wait, wait, wait. All right, hold on. All right, uh, I got to wrap up, so I'll, I'll talk to you later, man. All right, I'll speak to you. All right, thanks so much. Bye. All right, bye. All right, thanks again to um, uh, my guest, Mark Michelle, tonight. Obviously, uh, as you heard, he had to run a little bit, uh, but that's okay. Uh, always insightful stuff from him talking about the New York Rangers. That's episode 59 for the love of the game. Take us out, Nas. I got mine, I hope ya. You from the hood, I hope ya. You want beef, hope ya. And when I see you, I'ma take what I want, so you try to front, hope ya. You ain't real, hope ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.